0: And this and this and this is tof and beam for the TB test.
1: What's good, son?
0: That's Gucci Mane. It's your boy, Beam, back with episode 46. We got a special pod here for the U.S. Open. It's U.S. Open week at the famous Torrey Pines down in San Diego. I'm here with my boy, Toph, with his perfect attendance on the line. Still came through. He's like that kid you find out at graduation, never missed a day of school from kindergarten through 12th grade. Like, How do you do that, bro? Come on. There's two kids at every senior <laughs> class, and you're like, fucking Steven Glansberg? You never miss a day of school. But
1: anyways, it's tough. Steven motherfucking Glansberg in the house. True story. Had to text Bean this morning about 6 a.m. I was like, I don't know if I could record. Computer shit out on me last night. Too much backdoor sluts 9 action going on. <laughs> and... Uh, Tried a new charger, didn't work. Had to go get the new battery, was a game-time decision, but guess what? We got that cryotherapy in this bitch. Couldn't miss out on the U.S. Open pod because we have a three-man booth tonight, back-to-back weeks, and joining us this week, as he did, for the November Masters, in which he came on and stated that he was the most qualified guest (laughs) in TB test history and also lived up to that moniker... By correctly picking Dustin Johnson to put on the green jacket, joining us tonight is Bullard High School golf coach and homie of the pod, Austin Big Dick Lemay. What's going on, doggy?
2: Well, Toph, not to correct you right off the bat. It's uh, tanai Middle School golf coach. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not qualified yet to be a high school golf coach. Went two and six this year. Not too happy about it. But uh, hey, we're just glad to have gotten a season. You know what I mean? I'm picking up uh, what you're putting down. Uh, hey, uh, real quick. Uh, speaking of perfect attendance, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, get right on to talk about things that trigger me or anything, right? But uh, reading social media the other day, the old Facebook, I uh, I, I belong to various teacher Facebook accounts, <laughs> like you do, and uh, I uh, I saw a post where someone's saying we shouldn't be glorifying perfect attendance because that you, you shouldn't be glorifying people who overwork themselves and overstress themselves. And I just wanted to be like, shut up, please. Yeah. You know, because you, you I can only imagine you probably spent like $400 on a battery you didn't need today to make it tonight. So I, I do want to <laughs> reward you and congratulate you. And I'm happy for you. Good for you, buddy.
1: Thanks, man. It was like 50 bucks, but yeah, you make them. me feel I'll second, okay. I'll second but, that. Yeah. It- We are pumped to have you back on the pod, man. We have a big one this week. As uh, we were talking a little bit pre-show here, uh, me and Sir Nicholas, we'll be texting about the Palmetto Championship, the fucking Barracuda Classic, the Barbasol Championship, an opposite field event. You know, we are pumped to have the U.S. Open, one of the crowned jewels in golf, perhaps the stiffest test in golf each and every year. And so, uh, yeah, we're glad to have you in the three-man booth. Like Nick said, Playing Tory Pines this week uh, is that a course that you've played in all of your uh, golfing days?
2: Uh, no, unfortunately. My my little brother d- though, uh, I think like a month ago or a month and a half, got to play out there and just said he got absolutely worked by the course. Uh, it's long, it's tough. Uh, the fairways, or excuse me, rather, the roughs play super long. Uh, you know, much longer than they do in January, uh, and that's just kind of a you know, we're going to talk about the course here in a bit, I guess, but that's just kind of a a USGA favorite thing to do during the U.S. Open is just grow out the rough as hard as they can. Like, you know, uh, Bryson had to hit out of hit out of wing foot last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll be a tough challenge for whoever has to come out um, because my brother, who's like a 32 <laughs> handicap, really had a hard time uh, back in April.
0: Well, that's got to be like a bucket list item to play a U.S. Open course a few months prior to hosting, you know, you're going to get scraped. If you break a hundred in those conditions, you got to be patting yourselves on the back.
2: I, I played pebble the week before the pro-am uh, for my birthday back in February and I shot an 88, oh. which I was pretty happy Gee. about.
1: Hell Hell yeah. yeah! Call you Tony G baby.
2: All, all thanks to the caddy. <laughs> thanks Robert.
1: So, as you mentioned, we got to get into the course breakdown. The only way to start the U.S. Open preview pod is to talk about the course that we're going to be seeing on television for four days. So, this week's TV coverage will be on NBC. Uh, they've done a good job of, in the past covering major championships, having that wire-to-wire action. Being in San Diego, us West Coast boys, we love it because we get primetime golf. We won't be having a champion crown until probably around 6, 7 p.m. on Sunday night, a day full of golf with high drama high tensions is beautiful so Torrey Pines South it is a public course as obviously you have stated it's gonna be playing around 7,685 yards one big difference with this course is uh we see Torrey Pines every year at the farmers insurance open the course is gonna look a whole hell of a lot different than it does annually in that February tournament normally that tournament plays as a par 72 we're looking at a par 71 <laughs> we're going to feature three par fives, two of which are going to play over 600 yards. So you got to have the big stick in the bag working for you all week. We also got some long par fours, two of which are going to measure 501 and 515 yards, depending on the pin placements each day. Uh, The average green size about 5,000 square feet. We're looking at Bermuda grass tees, Kakuya fairways that are rough over with rough overseeded and Poa anna greens. Now that might not mean shit to you listeners, but what it means to us, the Golf is Live 69 crew is. There's some guys that can't putt worth dick on Poa Anna Greens, and they will be not on the list to win this event. Um, we're looking at about 82 sand bunker- bunkers, so it'll be a little different from the PGA championship we saw last month at Kiwa Island, where there was sand all over the fucking course. Yes, there's a fair share of bunkers, many of which are not in play. So that's a little rough outline of the course itself, me getting my nerd on. Had to share that with you. Um, and Nicholas, I think that you had a little bit of a throwback to the last time that the USGA hosted the US Open at 25. Yeah, the
0: uh, USGA can make this tournament as tough as they want to. The The weather is going to be good. It's looking like it's been a little uh, overcast and foggy. It was actually down in San Diego a couple weeks ago. Pretty overcast and foggy, surprisingly. But uh, weather's supposed to be good. They can make this as tough as or as easy as they like and they probably will do that depending on how the first two days goes first two days go um but uh yeah the average winning score at the farmers the tournament in january february each year over the last five years has been 15 under par and the average winning or the actual winning score in 2008 when the us open was last hosted at Tory was one under par so uh that's a 14 shot difference and although the course has changed, it actually went under a slight renovation in 2017 after they were awarded this, this year to host the U.S. Open. Um, they're going to make it tough. They're going to grow out the greens. And I actually heard a few guys talking today that they're actually playing for some fairway bunkers instead of hitting into the rough.
2: Well, you know, the USGA always says around U.S. Open time, when inevitably after the first couple of rounds, you get some guys like Kevin Knock coming out complaining about how tough the course is playing or how, uh, you know, thick the rough are, the roughs are or something. I think it was back at Chambers Bay where they, uh, yeah, or maybe, uh, I don't know, somewhere, they literally cut back the roughs about 40 yards after the first round because all the players were complaining about it. But the USGA says every year, and I think they're right, you know, they, they don't set up these courses to um, punish, bad play they they set these courses up to identify great play so whoever wins this week is uh you know obviously you know going back to 2008 like you said one under par in probably what was the most competitive uh uh major championship win in tiger's career uh caps off to rocco mediate <laughs> all these years later uh pushing into an 18 hole monday playoff I, I don't think i've ever i've seen a We've seen a major championship 18-hole playoffs. No, season, they actually
0: right? got rid of that format a couple years back.
2: <clears throat> yeah. so I mean, We were juniors in high school, by the way, guys, when that, that was happened. A se- so. Senior. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you guys were uh, about to go into your fr- – or, Nick, you were about to go into your freshman year of college. And you old.
1: Bringing up the 2008 U.S. Open, I, I want to say this has to be the most mentioned sporting event period on the tb test pod we've mentioned it in numerous snake drafts golf tournaments just the electric putt that tiger woods made on 18 on one leg to force the playoff with rocco mediate which uh yeah it was not rocco's modern life that fucking weekend (laughs) he had the tournament of his life could not win it and i just got to circle back one quick thing austin you mentioned our boy kevin nah and that guy could bitch all he wants, but he will always go down in history because he once fucking carded a 16 at the Valero Texas Open. So Kevin Na, you could fuck off.
2: He's come. He's come a long way in my book since since the complaining about the ref and everything. Really, whenever he uh, got over his. Whenever everybody got off his back about his slow play and he started walking putts in
1: that's pretty swag. really he,
2: he he became cool when he started swagging out on Tiger Woods in that one tournament where they where he made Tiger walk one in two right after he had done one so now Kevin Daws good in my book too
0: is Kevin uh,
2: the, by so, the way is
0: Kevin in the field I know there's a couple guys that we uh, that aren't in the field that we normally see is he in the field this week does anyone know
2: yeah Kevin Kevin's in the field he, uh but we might, you know, we might as well just kind of rip the Band-Aid off here and talk about uh, toefs love love affliction that won't be making the the, uh, the uh, trip this week. Yeah, old, you guys old. won't
1: be getting any uh, group text messages uh, after Ricky Fowler starts out two under through two holes and you won't be getting any pretty Ricky your body text sent your way. I'll just say that uh, as Ricky Fowler, among others, Austin, I know you got a list of some uh, notable names that will be not making the trip to San Diego this weekend.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I think the, the next highest rated guy to not make it well two, you know, Keegan Bradley, one of them. And I thought Keegan Bradley had been playing pretty well lately from what I had seen. I know he had, you know, has a couple of top tens in the last couple of weeks, but obviously not enough to, uh, uh, uh get in there reading right now, actually that he's currently ranked 73rd in the world. So only 13 spots away from getting an automatic quality. And then, uh, Jason day, um, he probably would have been able to make it. No, he's ranked 69th, and he actually had to withdraw from the back. Memorial Let me guess. Uh, citing back a bad injury. back. Back. Poor guy, man. How old is Jason like, Day? like I feel like he's yeah, like 33. He's, he's
1: fairly he's young. 33 with a 75-year-old's back. Hey, it was all those.
2: And the vertigo issues. Vertigo <laughs> issues of my mother.
0: It was all those bombs he was hitting in 2015 PGA swinging lights out yeah. but uh who else have we got on the list
2: uh, uh a guy that's that i always like because he looks like my uncle tom is uh brant snedeker not making not making the trip this weekend um i don't know he when he carded 59 like six years ago he that that was right around when i started really getting into golf so i just always loved him rocking that long hair in the in the uh and the wide burn visor or visor, you know what I mean?
1: Not a Sneds guy, because I—if I, you wear a visor, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> Whether it's football, A.K.A. Matt Nagy, or any coach that wears oh, a visor, get you out. You don't like
2: national—you don't like national champs, huh?
1: I mean, I just don't like visors, man. <laughs>
2: yeah i get you
1: anyways uh, i know there was one more on there and uh, i feel bad for him we should actually have 911 ready to be called at the glover household as lucas glover oh. will not be playing at the u.s open he, as well. his so, wife uh, didn't sign the
0: wife. permission slip huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <definitely.
0: laughs>
2: so wait you guys said nbc is covering it so does that mean i don't have to listen to joe buck for the next four days
1: Thank God. Yes. Uh, oh. I believe that the US Open actually gave up the tournament last year as it was pushed back to uh, September and they didn't Fox didn't want to, you know, give up a Sunday of football. And so, yeah, Thank we God. we don't have to listen to Joe Buck nor for all the golf fans that are out there, thanks to his retirement about 2 years ago. We don't got to listen to Johnny Miller talking about how he would shoot a fucking 62 <laughs> every day and just straight absolutely scrape the field.
2: That's, I, I, you know, two things before we move on from talking about the course here. Could, I mean, can you guys imagine playing 500-yard par 4s? No. I, no. I
0: struggle on 480-yard par 5s.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's unheard of. And that's where these courses, I mean, like they, the, at uh, Pebble Beach, they make number 2, which is like a 520-yard par 5 with this gigantic barenka in front of the green. That just eats your ball into like a twenty foot pit of doom, into a par four. Uh, that these guys routinely, you know, take a four iron and, and and just kind of punch it on up there, and I was having to take a three wood on my second shot from two eighty. So it's uh, it's where they separate the men from the boys, they say, I guess. But an- another thing here is uh, those those your roughs are no joke. And talking about places that I've played before, the famed Morro Bay Golf Course. All right. If you guys ever have a chance to go over to Morro Bay, rock. California, it's an, awesome, it's an awesome little gem of a course, Big Rock. Go down to the Hofbrow. Have yourself a nice friendship <laughs> sandwich. But uh, that course has some cukuya grass out there as well. Now, obviously, it's not as thick. But imagine like a fescue that grows like Bermuda, right, where it's just this thick stuff that's tangled up that just catches your club. It's uh, It'll be rough, man. I don't know if Bryson's going to be able to hack it out. One of it quick
0: stat year. on that. So the last time the U.S. Open in 2008 was at Torrey. The uh, green in regulation for the field was 37%. And normally in January when they play the Farmers, it's like 55 to 65%. Um, green's hitting regulation out of the rough. Wow. So, yeah, that number's going to drop significantly with that that thick shit.
1: Stat Boy Beam on the case. What's good, 10
2: going to see a lot of dust chips from like 4 feet away. Should be
1: fun. So, boys, we've got the course out there. I say we got to jump into uh, you know, multiple storylines we got going on this week as we head into tournament starting on Thursday, and no story is bigger than Bryson D ShamWow and the alpha himself Brooks Kepka. And you know, some of their social media barbs back and forth and all the drama going on that. So, Austin, uh Nick and myself have spoken uh, multiple times the past few weeks kind of about this this turmoil going on between the two and love to hear your thoughts on the the Bryson Brooks beef, man.
2: I'm kinda over it. You know? I, I, I think that these guys uh just need to kiss and make up. No, dude. It's great. It's <laughs> awesome for golf, man. I was this gonna say, like dude. Exactly. This is actually, this is absolutely good good commentary and the the moment of the year in the sporting world, you know, Bryson walking right behind Brooks a couple of weeks ago, and Bryson just going, oh, having a Napoleon Dynamite moment was yeah. fantastic. Almost as good as The Bachelor, <laughs> um, or The Bachelorette, rather. But, no, I, uh, I, I having said that, though, um, I just like a, a quick hot take for me. I don't think that either one of these guys are going to compete as a result of this because that's what all of these guys are doing. I think, personally, I think uh, Brooks is going to outduel Bryson. You know, I think he'll, he'll end up placing better than uh, Bryson does, but I don't think any, either of these guys compete because this is all anybody's been talking about and all that they've really been having to deal with these last couple of weeks. Call me crazy, but I think it's a distraction for these guys, so it'll be interesting to see how they work through it.
1: That is an interesting take, and kind of my stance on it is I believe that Brooks is the type of individual in which this, this type of drama, I mean, the, the PGA or the U.S. Open should be on TNT because Brooks knows drama, man. <laughs> I think this kind of shit absolutely will fuel him, and uh, I, I just can't picture, you know, Brooks is going to play U.S. Opens for the next two decades, and every year. I think he's got the game that he's going to be a top 10 competitor. I think he's going to be a top 10 competitor this week. That's not going out on any limb. But I do believe that Bryson will be a little more mentally beaten by this. I think he's a little bit of a beta. I tell Beam all the time. Brooks is a fucking alpha. And alpha Brooks is not scared of no bitch-ass Bryson with his 100-pound shoulder-swing curl-looking ass things. I don't know what the hell those (laughs) were, but homie needs to learn
2: how to lift. Suck one, Kyle Brookshire. (laughs)
1: Brooks,
0: like you said, Brooks is an alpha. Him and Tiger are the only two guys in history who have, um, let me get the stat right, who have won more majors than they've missed major cuts. Put that, wrap your head around that. So Brooks having four major wins and I believe only three major missed cuts. Tiger's like 15 and 14 or something like that. Which is crazy stat. Brooks is an alpha. He comes to play at the toughest events. He didn't play last year, when when Bryson won it because of his knee injury that he's still kind of recovering from. But
2: well, another stat for you here, Bryson. Uh, after the restart last year, he was you know number one in stats for strokes gained off the tee, putting, and he was also like up I think in the top thirties for uh, driving accuracy. Since then and since his U.S. Open win last year, not only has he not uh, uh, finished within the top 30 in the following three majors, uh, he's actually fallen down to 178th currently on tour with driving accuracy. So, you know, and and again, with this distraction with uh, Bryson, because I think Brooks actually, or excuse me, I think Bryson actually kind of feeds into it a little bit more. And now he's got these fuckboy boy tick uh, TikTokers living with him down in <laughs> dallas now so all these guys are probably just greasing him up in this little rental house that he's been living in this this last year i don't know i don't think he uh i think he uh, uh shanks a couple into the rough these uh first few holes and probably has a good weekend finds his you know claws his way back into the top 20 but you know i don't think he competes
1: does the matt kuchar backdoor top 10 cashing checks tipping fucking 10 bucks at the steakhouse afterwards kind of thing Hey, I can
0: see it. He's a, he hits the ball long, man. That's that's the name of the game at this course. Um, it's a long course. You're gonna get
1: rewarded. So we all know the Bryson Brooks storyline. It's been played out. You know, it's 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 getting golf uh, national news in the sports world. But the the second biggest story, no doubt, coming into this week has to be John Rahm, one of the best golfers in the world, coming off. Uh, for those of you that don't know, two weeks ago, Jack Nicklaus's tournament, the Memorial, is is you know probably the most prestigious normal PGA Tour event outside of the majors and potentially the Players Championship. And John Rom, you know, call this episode forty six the Lloyd Banks episode because we on fire up in here <laughs> with the fucking stats. John Rom had a historical fifty four holes of golf at the Memorial. He was first off the tee second in approach, and second in putting. If you're doing all three of those things at that level, you are absolutely going to Jeffrey Dahmer murder the field as he was up six shots going into – six or seven. He might have been up seven shots going into Sunday where he was walking off the 54th hole and approached by PGA Tour professionals that he had tested positive for COVID-19. Now, we don't got to get into all the shit that went into kind of the tour policies and – Procedures leading up to that withdrawal, that forced withdrawal, I should say. But uh, John Rom coming straight out of quarantine to play the U.S. Open. Uh, what do you boys think about that? How do you think that affects the field? And uh, what are your overall
2: thoughts? I uh, took the time today to do a little deep dive into his opening press conference. Um, and I got to tell you, I am very impressed with how professional he handled himself now obviously all of these guys are professionals but i think john ron the first couple of years of his career would be fair to say that he was you know labeled as a little bit of a hothead um and you know uh i myself being a the father of a five-week-old daughter i think him now being a new dad has certainly calmed him down uh like you said he you know historic stuff through three rounds uh playing at jack's place a couple of weeks ago And then the PGA Tour, you know, or the PGA PGA itself uh, handled handled things the way that they did. But again, today, during his press conference, he was nothing but uh, uh, just boss about the way he addressed it. Uh, You know, the media was trying to kind of bait bait him into some tough questions, and he was complimentary, if nothing else, about the PGA and knew the uh, risks going into it. Uh, If anything, he was talking about his concern about you know, uh, the people that he had been in contact with the two weeks beforehand and, um, you know, took the questions about his level of preparedness in stride because he's literally coming off of quarantine, I think straight to San Diego. But, but, you know, when he first, uh, got on the mic, all he was talking about was how, you know, the the San Diego and La Jolla is the place where he, uh, proposed to his wife. It's his happy place. So, uh, you know, he does traditionally play play the farmers really well. This is a little bit of a different setup, but, Uh, I think that's the Cinderella story everybody's kind of hoping for after what they saw last week or two weeks ago.
0: Coming out of quarantine, you know, he's a fiery guy. I feel like that. And he said he watched that Sunday final pairing, having a six shot lead, hoping someone would reach his score of 18 under par just to kind of validate, you know, that, hey, you know, there was also other guys up there, but no one did. The winning score was 13 under, actually so uh yeah it was quite quite a runaway after 54 but dude's a stud he's playing at the top of his game i don't see him not playing well um here and like you said this is his happy place his first pga victory was at the farmers um dude's a bomber
1: too so yeah that's all i gotta say about that and and I think another massive thing for John Rom has to be if we go back one month ago, Kiwa Island, the second major championship of the year, PGA championship, John Rom's mentor, Phil Mickelson, at the young old age of fifty one, got the job done and became the oldest major champion ever in the history of golf and John Rahm was there to meet him when he walked off the 72nd hole. And if you don't think that sparked a little something in John Rahm, then I think you are mistaken. But that brings me to the man himself, the lefty, Phil Mickelson. Uh, coming off his sixth major championship, he's got two each of the Open, the Masters, the PGA, but he does not have a U.S. Open to his name. Now, I'm just going to go on the record. I think Phil Mickelson misses the cut here. <laughs> I think he's got zero chance to fucking play well here. But I've been known to Toph jinx or reverse Toph jinx many people. So Phil might win this bitch by 10 now that I made that statement. But uh, where do you boys stand on Phil and Austin? Let me get your thoughts first because uh, we haven't spoken to you since Phil won the PGA. And kind of what what, what were you, where does that stand in your list of accomplishments for golfers uh, ever?
2: Uh, pretty high uh, you know I think all of us if we're being honest we' we're, we're fans of Phil you know Phil's army I think our generation's uh, Arnold Palmer um, but no uh, oh, is that a little bit of a bold statement there Toph? I don't know no I, I liked
1: I, that I liked that 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 was a fa- we're on FaceTime for you listeners and I, I was like <laughs> I like that I was intrigued you love me some
2: lemonade uh, I, I thought I thought that was a uh, disapproving grin right there, but you no, know, I, I I really think that he is uh, a great ambassador for the game, and uh, with Tiger being kind of shelved right now, I think it was a good thing for the game of golf to see uh, you know one of the fan favorites do what I think a lot of us consider to be the impossible. Uh, but you know, I watched a lot of storm chasing uh, uh, TV shows on uh, Discovery Channel when I was a kid, and I learned this one thing: lightning doesn't strike twice <laughs> in the same place. And uh, unfortunately, I think the um, agony that is Phil's, you know, cliffhanger moment, being so close to the career Grand Slam. I don't, uh, I don't think he gets it this year. I think Tory's just too long for him, and I think he's got too much writing on it. I mean, he looked absolutely uh, wrecked and hungover at the at the tournament he played the following week. You know that just that amazing comment of like, yeah, you know, I shot three over, but I did win the PGA last week, so two middle fingers out to all of you guys uh, to, uh, you know Phil being Well Phil.
0: He, he did win the longest ever major championship course that was and he hit the longest drive of the tournament on 16 coming down on Sunday uh Hallecious. I think we were 7
2: when that happened <laughs> I'm kidding
0: But uh yeah Philly big Philly style um I'm I'm going to pull for him to make the cut I don't think he Cracks the top twenty, though. It is his hometown. He's a San Diego area boy, and uh, I know a lot of it has gone into that. And for those of you who don't know, you know this is the only one tournament that he needs to hit that career Grand Slam. And he has, let me repeat this: he has six. Yes, that's right, six runner-up finishes at the U.S. Open, um, which is crazy to think. This is the one you need, and you got it. Second place six times.
2: What do you what do you think's more uh, more I guess athletically depressing is uh, Phil's six runner ups or who was it was it was, it, was it, it wasn't Phil Sims. who was the cowboy for the uh, Bills the three years they went to the Super Bowl and lost all three years Oh Jim, Jim Kelly. Kelly
1: for the Bills
2: What's I, more agonizing I got to say the Jim yeah. Kelly
1: thing because no matter what Phil's cashing <laughs> those fucking million dollar checks. Direct deposit <laughs> on Monday morning, so uh, I, I, I think it's not even a question. Jim Kelly losing all those Super Bowls in a row is uh, the most agonizing. That and
2: that, and he has to go live in Buffalo after losing. Yeah, the Super
1: he's Bowl. so prideful; he just For lived sure.
0: there the rest of his life. He's just like, I'm just gonna stay here.
2: Not to not to throw disrespect or any shade to to, our, to your guys' listeners in Buffalo. I don't
1: want to. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, they're. They're riding high. They think they got a good squad. But we're not here to talk about football today. The last storyline I had, I know, Nick, I know you wanted to get into this a little bit. You mentioned Phil's local ties. There was another local golfer that I know that uh, you were riding high on a little bit this week. And it's usually a guy that I'm riding high on. So I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, One the Chef the x-man x man x going give it to you Xander shot
0: yeah xander x going give it to you uh looking like a little stud muffin this year i think he put on some muscle he's trying to copy uh bryson a little bit um he's hitting the ball long he's a callaway fella just like john rom so they got a good little representation out there um went to san diego state he always plays well at the majors i think i think he finished tied 21st or something I could be wrong. Maybe he missed the cut. Who knows? At the PJ, but he tied third at the Masters. He was in it till he hit that water shot on 16. But dude just always plays well at the tough tournaments. And being his home track, pretty much, um, you can't count him out. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play well this week. Like Toph always loves to pick Xander. Um, I I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if he doesn't crack the top 20. I'm looking him. Looking for him to be a top 10, maybe a top five guy. He could get it done, though.
1: I'm riding on Xander. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to hear me being slander to <laughs> Xander. I love that guy. He's going to get a big boy tournament, a major tournament, because he has won some big boy tournaments in the past. He is a guy that has won a WGC. He's won the Tour Championship, and he's also won the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii to start the year. So he's won big events, but the thing is – He has not broken through in a major. And the one thing that all three of those events have in common is they're no-cut events. So, dude can come out and kind of shit down his leg on a Thursday and not really have to worry about it. Uh, Trust me, I think Xander wins not just one but multiple majors in his day. But... I think the home pressure, unlike Colin at the PGA last year, with the fans back in attendance, we saw how electric it was at Kiwa Island just one month ago. I think it might be too much, man. you got to have nerves of steel to to come through like that. And I I do think Xander will be somebody that maybe backdoors a top 10 but doesn't actually ever compete to win. That's my prediction for him this weekend. Uh, Austin, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I, I didn't even think about that. Um, having the home fans back in the stands like that. So, I, yeah, that'll probably be a lot to deal with for old Xander. Um, and, and, you know, a little uh, kind of hot take that I picked up on today. The USGA put out um, a little docu-series on YouTube about the lead-up to the U.S. Open, and they do a great job. It's like NFL films out there. They, do, they always put together really good U.S. Open content and everything. But uh, they did a little profile on Xander. And Xander has the LeVar Ball equivalent of a golf dad, uh, you know, as part of his team. Uh, and I think forget, I forget what it was. It might have been the memorial where uh, he was, you know, Xander was dealing with a little bit of like, uh, like dizziness problems and everything. And they were interviewing his dad. And I think he carted like a three over on the first or the second round. And his golf dad was like, it's all right. Because guess what? It's not going to be like this in June
1: not going to be like this in June. (laughs)
2: Just like, you know, just like, you know, Xander was the kid that, you know, he didn't make any excuses. And when he did, I didn't let him make excuses. And it's just like, okay, cool, man. I mean, he's out there between the ropes. You're out there on the other side. I'm pretty sure that's his coach too, isn't it? Uh, it not only is it his coach, uh, is, uh, his dad is his, uh, team physician. (laughs) And I think also head of marketing, uh, uh, self-employed, obviously, or self-self acclaimed, but yeah, I, I had no idea that Xander had a uh, a uh, baseball dad as a uh, as a father. But one more hurdle to go uh, to overcome this weekend. And these are the nuggets that you
1: can't get at McDonald's. You got to come to the TV test for these types of nuggets. Austin, the guest, coming in hot fire with uh, some in-depth knowledge of Xander Schauffele. But anyways, boys, I think we talked a lot about the course talked a lot about the storylines before we get to our winners at the end i know each of us has a few i don't want to necessarily call them hot takes because some of them aren't so hot but we do have some predictions other than winners that uh i know we wanted to get out there on the record i'm going to just stroke myself off one time at the pga a couple weeks ago predicted garrick Higo, south african golfer that no one had heard of to make the cut he made the cut finished higher than beams pick (laughs) And uh, turned around in his second PGA start this past week and uh, hoisted a trophy and a multi-million or a uh, million-dollar check. So, you know these takes they, they they might not come through this week, but remember these motherfuckers because they'll be coming through later.
2: Ego's got some eyebrows on him. Oh yeah, he he, he do. <laughs> he
0: go hard <laughs> in the paint. Um, yeah, tell go ahead and stroke it off. Uh, good call there. No one saw him coming, but he's a little um, – he's one of about four or five South Africans that have kind of getting it done the last few weeks here. And I just want to highlight some of those guys who are all playing well, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them up there at the top of the leaderboard. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of faith in a, in a South African pulling it off this week just because we've kind of talked about those uh, thoroughbred elites that are just – you, there's some past champs, and maybe we'll talk about that in a second. But some of those South Africans you can see at the top for sure. Lou Eustazen tied second at the PGA. Brandon Grace also up there. I think he was the 36 hole leader, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or actually, no. He might have been like one shot back because Phil was the 36. But uh, he was up there, played well in 2015 at Chambers Bay. Um, also... Uh, Who's the other one I had? I'll go say ahead. his
1: name for you, Christian Bezdin Hoot.
0: Yeah, that guy. Coolest name on tour. Eric Van Ruin. He's been playing some good golf. So there's a lot of uh.
1: He fucking Van Ruin my picks that <laughs> one week though. Fuck that guy.
0: There's a. There's I'll also a one. new young stud that bombs it further than Bryson with half of half as much effort, and uh, I believe he's South African as well. I could be mistaken. His name is Wilco neighbor is he your neighbor? Nienbar. Nienbar. <laughs> this is how much we know about this guy. He's the next Garrett Keegan. Sounds like a UFC submission right there. <laughs> Wilco we'll Nienbar. He's South African also, right? Am I making that shit up? You are not. That okay. is a factual Okay. Statement. Dude uh, averaged 361 off the tee. Averaged last week over the course of the tournament. That was like third highest or third longest ever for over the 72-hole course um bryson of course holds the record at 363 but this dude weighs like 180 and he doesn't swing out of his shoes like bryson so and he's like 21 so a bunch of studs coming out there in the southern state of africa or whatever and it, <laughs> the apartheid <laughs> uh, Good
2: old geography. geography
0: you have any hot takes austin
2: yeah uh, look man it it, it it doesn't matter if they come from south africa north africa it, it, this is this is our national championship, all right. No damn foreigner's <laughs> gonna win our national championship. Well now here's uh, a
1: spoiler alert. I'm predicting a foreigner to win our goddamn
2: national championship. Oh, what a tease. What a tease. No, um speaking of uh you know, American sweethearts, I guess, if you will, I you know, my hot take and kind of the flavor of the month after the Masters, you know, everybody loves a little Happy Gilmore meme. <laughs> and uh, old Will Zalatoris, dude. I, I I love watching this kid. It kind of... Have you guys had that uh, existential crisis moment now where, like, you're watching sports and you realize, oh, shit, everybody's yes. younger than me now? <laughs> Except and Phil. when happen? Except <laughs> Phil. Uh, no, but, like, Will Zalatoris is one of these guys that, like, I know is uh, now hilariously younger than I am and I love every minute watching this kid talking you know going back to guys that are like super skinny and I'm like you know again I'm tall and shapes (laughs) and uh these like skinny and these skinny dudes are able to just get so much club head speed and uh and generate these bombs that they look like they like physically shouldn't be able to do so Will Zalatoris, you you know you could say Zalatoris Pines Ew. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just the, put it on the jug.
1: The headline of the San Diego Tribune on Monday morning.
2: <laughs> he needed sunscreen and a solid golf game.
1: He, All right, boys. My Garrick Higo okay. of the week, my, my deep, deep cut. You're going to need more than Neosporin to make sure this bitch doesn't get infected on this one is – A player by the name of Cameron Young. This guy is a young stud from the Corn Fairy Tour. He's won a few times in this past year. I want to say he's maybe even won twice where he's one win away from that three win automatic promotion off the Corn Fairy Tour for those new jack pusses out there that don't know what that is. That is the basically minor leagues of the PGA Tour in a lot of ways. Uh, So I'm going Cameron Young to not only make the cut, but make top 20. Cameron Young, remember the name. Uh,
2: I, I like that, and I've, I've, uh, I too dabble with the Corn Fairy tours and the lower levels of golf. My uh, brother-in-law, who kind of got me into golf when I was you know, a young whippersnapper at the ripe age of 20, uh, played on a few minor PGA tours like that, so I could uh, connect to get myself into golf, but another young dude who's kind of making his way up the ranks and is a solid Instagram follow is this kid named Akshay Bhatia and uh I don't know where he's from I think he's from South Carolina but he's just like rolling around with tens all day every day and uh he's got a solid golf game he performed pretty well at a big tournament about a month or two ago I can't remember what it was but remember the name I think he makes a cut and I think he uh performs he's pretty like well nine,
0: too. 18 or 19 isn't he and he uh, he's a yes I, I don't even know he's, if he's a George Genkis instructed kid I've seen him there as well you know Matt Wolf with his swing his coach who's been on his bag I've seen a uh, Akshay there as well so I don't yeah. I have to I have to peep him on the IG though yeah give him give
2: him a follow
0: um I got one other one before we jump jump off this ship. We'd mentioned some international guys and this guy has uh, played well he- here at Torrey in the past and he's a he's a bomber. I'm going with Mark Leishman to play well here. Um, he's won the farmers I think I just said that twice but uh yeah he's uh Australian he's a bomber I want to throw that out there. Any last ones before we move on Austin.
2: Just real quick I because he's been playing he, he came out pretty hot in January and February and I love how flat his swing is um, if we can't have a uh, Ricky Fowler flat swing out there I, uh, I I really like Daniel Berger. I think his game kind of sets up well to this um, you know again um, you know an American winning the American National Championship. Big Mac bring it on bring we call Big on Big Mac.
1: You will not hear any complaints on the t v test about Daniel Berger. We've spoken multiple times about his killer instinct if he's in contention like he's not gonna back down on Sunday somebody's gonna have to go mm-hmm. take it from him but uh here here I'll wrap up a couple hot takes I got two more for you two more for you Tommy not so elite would lately uh. I love this guy. I don't know if it's the flow but for whatever reason I love him even though he's never won a PGA Tour event. Uh, just turned 30 this year. This guy has the game for a US Open. He's competed a few times. He took second in 2017 when Brooks Kepka won at Aaron Hills. He finished fourth the year prior. I just feel like Tommy Fleetwood is one of those guys that he's not necessarily going to go out and win a birdie fest where the score is 25 under. So an event like the US Open where the score, we'll give our score predictions here at the end, but I think five under or less wins it. Uh, Tommy's going to be in contention. He's just a consistent golfer. And then my final hot take, final hot take. I couldn't pick this guy to win the fucking golf tournament just because he does not win golf tournaments, but I have to get a Tony Finau prediction in here, and I can't pick him top five because his nickname's Top 5 Tony, so I'm going to do you one better. Tony Finau on Sunday will tee off in either the final group or the penultimate group. Tony Finau will be in the top four going into Sunday. And he will somehow inevitably shit down his leg on the back nine. Now, this guy, he plays good at West Coast cor- courses. We've mentioned multiple times you got to bomb the shit out of the ball. Tony hits it as far as anybody on tour. We know he plays good at West Coast golf courses as he uh, basically shit down his leg in a playoff against Max Homa at the Riviera Tournament. Uh, at I forget what the fucking tournament is called, but at yeah. Riviera. You know what we I'm talking you, about, bro. fellas. Uh, Tony Finau. The fucking penultimate group. Nice,
2: dude. You're getting my English teacher arousal up right now using that big word like penultimate. What's that bro? even mean? Wow. Second to last. So hot. Time. Second to last. bro. God, dude, you are like so. Attractive here's here's, right here's now, a little
0: uh, you nugget just, for you. Tommy Fleetwood's wife is like 40, and he's 30. That's weird. Cougar. He's a cougar Brad, hunter. I mean,
1: he's cougar hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with good. that, right
2: <clears throat> Cool. I uh I wonder if uh Tommy can can live up to the hype of the uh TaylorMade marketing machine. You know, he hasn't really played too well since being a uh TaylorMade um staff player, you know, a lot of marketing uh commitments and everything. I wonder if he's able to uh carry the weight and we'll see this weekend cuz he does traditionally play pretty well at the US Open.
1: Yeah, he he really has lost his game since the 2018 Ryder Cup when uh Francesco Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood uh, famously kind of created the moniker Molly after they absolutely shit all over the Americans uh, in Le Golf national in France. So Uh anyways, boys, we've done all the all the the work. We've talked about the foreplay, talked about the storylines, got the foreplay done. It's time to go balls deep, fellas. Tell me who's your winner and why. I'm going to kick it off to the man that deserves the floor to pick his winner first because his only appearance on the T V test, he predicted a major champion. Austin, who's going to win
2: and why? Uh, well, first off, I'll say this quickly. I don't think Bryson DeChambeau finishes within the top 30. Uh, that, need, that doesn't need to be discussed or anything. But, uh, I, I, you know and I know that you guys do a really good job. I I did my research. I listened to past episodes and you guys do a really good job of cataloging your previous picks and and doing your best not to repeat picks within a reasonable amount of time. Uh, I think because you guys did not invite me back to reclaim my crown during the masters in April. Uh, And, and I, and I'll fully admit I would have never called uh, I, w- I would have never called Hideki. Uh, God, I'm blanking on his name now. Hideki, Hideki. Masiyama. I-, I would have never called that. So I'm glad that I didn't get back on that podcast. But because I didn't get to defend my crown then, I'm going to go back to old faithful. Swinging dick that he is. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, dude. if uh, you, you you were texting us about it this weekend. And, I mean, those first two rounds were awe-inspiring. That's old school DJ just bully people next to the greens get his wedge out and you know make five to six birdies a day um you know i i think this course is going to set up well to his eye uh you know everybody wants to talk about bryson and everything but bryson's not out driving dj and dj's been doing this a lot longer than bryson's been doing um and i think his length and everything is far more sustainable than than that of bryson so um i think when it's all said and done with tiger's career Uh, I think we'll look at Dustin Johnson as being the most dominant player that comes after the Tiger era, and uh, I think he might, you know, kind of start that that reign today, or rather this weekend.
1: And one thing we know about Dustin Johnson is uh, he's a guy that when he's in form, he will absolutely crush the world's elite. We saw it this last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs leading up to the Masters, in which you correctly predicted, so... Love the pick. Have no qualms about Dustin Johnson as the winner. I actually love it. I think he would be my pick if I wasn't going to go deeper. But we're going to toss it over to Nicholas. One quick thing on DJ. Like you said, dominant the
0: last, the end of last year. He's had little bouts of just domination. I think he has 9 or 10 years with at least one victory on tour, which is the longest active street. But in no way, shape, or form he'll ever be What Tiger Woods once was. A quick little stat I missed earlier. His 2008 U.S. Open on his broken leg that he won at Torrey capped off his 17th win in 28 starts. It was like a 14-month period, 17 wins of 28. So only 11 tournaments, including seven in a row and then another back sweep of five in a row. Uh, So... Wow, Holy No one shit. could even... We'll
2: never <laughs> see that again. Crazy,
0: his odds were, he was uh, minus 200 going into major tournaments, his odds, versus all these guys, now you're looking at 10, 12 to 1. So, uh, yeah, just crazy, but I love the DJ, like last week, he said he just goes out there, hits the ball, wherever it lands, he just hits it again.
1: <laughs> Man, a few words, but... <laughs> Man of few words, exactly. <laughs> he, you know, with the speaking. Speaking of DJ, with the retirement of the Dosakis guy, I think DJ <laughs> might actually be the most interesting man in the world. He could be just like behind the scenes, like on the course, like he ain't interested at all. He's just fucking DJ bombs.
2: But but then he opens up his mouth and he's like, "Well, you know, we're just we're just having a good time out here." Austin <laughs> just told me to put it. I don't know. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that suave voice. All right, I'll
0: jump in here for my pick. And uh, Toph and I gave our major picks, our preseason picks at the beginning of the year. We obviously do our one and done, Austin. That's why we don't pick the same guys. You only get one per season. So you don't want to ruin a good guy like on the Palmetto Championship. So otherwise, I would have picked DJ last week in his home state. But uh, I'm going with my preseason pick because – I didn't stick with my preseason pick for the PGA, which was Scotty Scheffler. He finished tied eighth, and instead I went with Big Mac Daniel Berger. So I got to stick with my guns here. Uh, Mr. COVID himself, John Rum, uh, who gets it done this week. I think John Rum goes out and has a Bryson like performance um, last year and wins by four shots. And I'll give my prediction right now it's going to be seven under. The winning score with a four-shot victory for John Ram, the Spaniard, getting it done in our nation's Open Championship. But, yeah, he's a local boy, like Austin mentioned. He proposed to his girlfriend on the Torrey Pines trail behind the course. So uh, Mm -hmm. he's got the memories. He's got the motivation. He's got the new baby. He's got a lot of things. He's got a huge uh, I won't say, driver in his back. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm sticking with. Boom. That's all I got to say about that.
1: And I'll bring us home. Uh, like Beamer, I also picked John Rahm as my preseason pick for the U.S. Open, but... I'm a you know pessimistic man, and off the COVID pause, I just can't go to him, though I think that's a fantastic pick. I think he's the favorite to win the tournament, actually. Uh, I'm going to go deep. I'm not picking somebody that's in the top 10 favorites. He's not a super, super long shot, but if he won, it would be a shock to many. Not to me, though, because this man is a past major champion. He's actually a defending major champion because he won the 2019 Open Championship that was not contested last year. I'm going with the big Irish bear, Shane motherfucking Lowry. And the reason why we've beaten this shit into the ground, you got to be able... To hit the shit out of the golf ball. And Shane Lowry could put it out there with the best of them. He's just a big, burly man. And this guy's been showing form lately. Um, At the PGA Championship last month. I believe he finished top 5. If not top 5. He's definitely top 7. Somewhere in that range. Um, And then at the Memorial just 2 weeks ago. His most recent tournament. He also finished in the top 10. The guy is showing signs of life. He's another one of those guys. Where the conditions. Whether it be the USGA fucking up the course or anything like that aren't going to affect him. Um, And I also just kind of want to pick somebody a little deeper because if they win, I'm going to have fucking bragging rights for the rest of the year with Garrett Kigo and Shane Lowry. So (laughs) Mike Lowry, Shane Lowry, that's my pick.
2: Tof, do you hate America? (laughs) Uh, Do you... Not love this country.
1: I don't know how to answer this question, Austin. <laughs> not, we're on a syndicated <laughs>
2: No, planet. dude. Shane Shane is Shane is a good pick, man. He's a I mean, the lovable teddy bear. I think the only other guy that uh the only other international guy that I'd be okay with winning is that guy they that used to call Beef, <laughs> whatever his name was a couple of Andrew years ago. Andrew Johnston, that's my boy. Sponsored by Arby's yes. baby.
1: We got the meat. Yeah, truth be, <laughs> truth be told, I wanted to pick Patrick Cantlay, but because of the fact that I actually <laughs> did pick Patrick Cantlay two weeks ago when he won the Memorial, I can't. So I'm going with Shane Fucking Lowry. Hey,
2: hey Jason, uh, old Jason Cockrack uh, might also, uh, you know, put a put in a little bit of work too. He's had some. He's had some pretty good. Talk uh, about deep
0: cuts, Toph. Who brought up Jason Cockrack maybe 12 plus months ago? Look at him now, bro. That's the deep cut right there. Uh, another Patrick, actually, this, I unfortunately have to admit this, Puppy Tits Reed won the Farmers by five oh. shots in January. So, uh, and he's a closer, yeah. unfortunately. He's American. He's Captain America. So as much as I hate to say it, uh, I hope he misses the cut. Not my Captain He's going to miss the cut. Out of, we're all just going to rally him to miss the cut, but... Uh, He'll probably
1: get a top five or some shit. So, I can't wait till Nick's fucking sitting here at the end of the year at the Ryder Cup, just cheering for Patrick <laughs> Reed, bringing home the fucking cup
0: for the Americans. I fucking hate Patrick Reed. Any final thoughts, boys? We got live coverage, twenty four seven, basically listening to all these lame ass golf announcers talking about how Bryson and Brooks have taken it too far, and golf this isn't tradition, uh, but uh, the tournament starts here on thursday
1: this will drop wednesday or tuesday evening last word as we tell the listeners every major download the us open app it is the only way to follow the tournament if you're not actually watching the television coverage if you're somebody that will check golf scores via the pga tour app the pga tour does not run this course the Their tournament, the USGA does. So the US Open app is going to be updated 20 minutes prior to anything that the PGA Tour app puts out. Now, I will say this. We talked up and stroked off the Masters app because it is the best of the best. You could watch every shot of every player legitimately. The PGA Championship app was absolute dog shit. Let's hope that the US Open app is somewhere in between. But no matter what, if you want to keep up with the tournament and you're on the go, that is the way to do it Maybe so. cat shit is covered in like
0: smellier, nice little mini grains of sand. Sorry, go ahead. Any last thoughts, Austin?
2: So I'm going to go ahead and save it now that Nick ruined it. Uh, no, I'm kidding, Nick. Uh, no, I just want to say thank you guys really for having me back on. Uh, I do appreciate it. It's good to uh, catch up with friends during these times. Um, you know, the U.S. Open has a special place, I think, in all of our hearts. Uh, I got into golf, you know, a, a while ago because of my grandpa and this was his favorite tournament and, uh, the last time the U.S. Open was held when it normally is held on Father's Day weekend. I was there on Sunday at Pebble when, uh, Woodland brought it on home. So I'm glad to, uh, see that the U.S. Open is back in its rightful place on, uh, you know, Father's Day and, Happy Father's Day to uh, all the dads out there. Not patting my own back no, or anything bro. as a new dad. Happy but, Father's uh,
0: Day to you, bro. Yeah, that's a good first Father's Thank Day guys, little gift of uh, Gab.
2: Well, this this was a great gift, uh, early gift as well. Thank you guys for having me back on.
1: Hey, we like to talk about on the pod. It's a real thing in the golf world. These these golfers that have kids, it's it's a real thing, baby swag. So uh, who knows? DJ by six, we'll see tune in this week god i hope so but uh thanks for joining us as always austin we love your fucking insight you are the most qualified guest <laughs> in tb test history that is still a statement of fact but until love next it. time i'm tof he's beam and that's austin we out peace